This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we are recapping the rowing team's ninth straight President's Cup title. Plus, the men's track and field team dominated the Maine State Classic and meet the new and sensational senior sophomore women's tennis doubles team, which got off to a strong start on Sunday. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The Bates men's outdoor track and field team lapped the competition, winning the 121st annual Maine State Classic in dominating fashion on Saturday. The host Bobcats scored 260.5 points as a team, easily defeating runner-up Colby for the Frank E. Lowe Trophy. The Bates men also won the cross-country title last fall and the indoor track and field title over the winter, making this year the first time in seven years the Bobcats have swept all three state meets. It's the 16th time in the last 19 tries the Bobcats have taken home the outdoor title, and junior Liam Byrne was named the most valuable field athlete, winning all four throws events with ease. Meanwhile, junior Robbie Griffin won the 400 meters in a personal record time of 50.22 seconds. He also helped Bates win the 4x400 and stepped in at the last minute to help Bates take second in the 4x100, scoring more points for the Bobcats in the process. And Robbie Griffin is our male Bobcat of the week. I'm from Massachusetts. Um, I knew I wanted to stay local into the New England area. And um, I kind of thought like the small college vibe would be a good fit for myself. Um, and yeah, so I just visited Bates. I really liked it. Um, met some nice people and decided that was a good fit. When did you start competing in track and field growing up? Um, so I didn't start until middle school um, in eighth grade. Um, and then I really didn't get competitive in track and field until my sophomore year in high school when I dropped down from the 800 uh, to the 400 and kind of really found my fit uh, in track. And that's really been my main event since. Yeah, and this weekend, a PR in the 400. Take us through the race and how it went from your perspective. Yeah, um, so it, it definitely went well. I really had a great time, very happy with it. Um, I think it's just the training that we've been doing practice each week paying off. Um, I started the season at a 53 at home, um, which isn't what I was hoping for, but it was a start. Um, and since then just improved a little bit each week, uh, last week running at 51 point at, um, con college. And this week being able to drop another second down to 50.2 was really exciting. Certainly. And then, um, you know, the team obviously got the state championship, uh, swept it this year. So what, what was it like, um, you know, realizing you were going to, you know, make, achieve that accomplishment, basically? I mean, it was a pretty overwhelming victory, it looked like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a really exciting meet. Um, actually, my first outdoor state meet, given we didn't have a, a full outdoor season, freshman or sophomore year. So definitely a really cool experience. Um, too many individual performances to list. It was, it was an amazing day. Um, everyone brought the energy. It was really exciting. And also just a great team accomplishment, especially considering we won the state meet also in cross country and indoor this year. So I don't think that's happened since 2014, 2015. So I think it's just a testament to our depth and our commitment to the sport. It's been really exciting to see. Coach Johnson mentioned to me that I think you were a last second addition into the four by 100. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and that was a pretty fun race to run. Uh, unfortunately, one of our team members um, was out with COVID, who usually starts the four by one for us. So I kind of did my best to step up and fill in and 
um, it went well. It was a really exciting race. Had you ever run a four by 100 before? No, never, never a four by one. Um, I did run the open 100 for the first time at Tufts earlier in the season, but definitely some, uh, some like some tricky technique um, with handoffs and whatnot in the four by one. So learned as I went and it, it worked out. I was going to say, yeah, four by one. I mean, you're going so fast. I mean, that handoff has to be perfect. Uh, how much training did you get to do, you know, with that? Or did it was kind of meet day you had to just sort of figure it out? <laughs> yeah. So um, we, I didn't really find out I was in the four by one until um, like Wednesday the past week. Um, so then on Thursday and Friday, I worked with Colby, who runs the second leg of the four by one, just on getting some good chemistry and work on handoffs. Um, and yeah, it, just a few practices. And after that, it was, it was all good. And it went smoothly on meet day. Terrific. And what are the sprinters like kind of as a group this year? Yeah, we have a, we have a great group um, led by our seniors, but we have depth from senior year to freshman year. Um, a lot of great 100, 200 guys. Um, we have a few guys in the 400 as well. And we, we all get along well. It's a, it's a really fun group to be a part of. And as you touched on earlier, this year being your junior year for you, but the last two years, I mean, it really wasn't like a normal season kind of. Um, so what's it been like kind of overall finally having a real college season for track and field? Yeah, it's been exciting. Last year, we basically had three meets. Um, didn't get going until uh, late April, basically. So it was nice being able to start the first week in April and then really hit our groove now. Um at the fourth meet and then bringing that momentum into NESCAX and beyond should be exciting ahead. And then you touched on some of the, you know, your teammates performances uh, in the throws have to mention the, um, you know, the MVP of the field events, uh, Liam Byrne. Uh, did you get a chance to watch any of the throws? I mean, those guys continue to pile up the points, don't they? Yeah. It, it's pretty incredible. It feels like you're kind of, we're saying the same thing every, every weekend with the throws, just incredible uh, dominating performances, but it's just a testament to their work ethic and their commitment. Um, they're always in the gym working out, getting weight, weight reps in. So um, always exciting to watch. And of course, Bernie is just an incredible performance this weekend, sweeping all the field events and definitely deserve the uh, field athlete of the meet award. Certainly. And then for you, also the four by 400, uh, obviously an event you're probably more familiar with, right? Pretty comfortable there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What was that group like? That how'd that race kind of go? I mean, you guys obviously won it. Yeah, we um that was the first time um those four have been the four by four together and uh it seemed like a great group. We had great chemistry. Um Truman, who was actually was not gonna be in the four by four, despite being a great runner, he was taking this week off. Uh found out very late in the game that he was gonna be in it. So uh, great job by him for stepping up and running a great third leg and we were really happy with our time and performance overall. Great. And then NESCAC championship coming up this weekend, right? Tell us a little bit about that, what you're, you're looking forward to there. Yeah. So the NESCACs will be out in Hamilton this year. Um, and everyone's really excited. We have high expectations for sure. Um, but I think this past meet and the, uh, the excitement and performances we had was a great kind of way to slingshot us into to NESCACs and hopefully a, a great weekend out at Hamilton. Do you know what events you'll be in yet, um, or do you not know? <laughs> um, not positive. I know I'll be in the 4 by 400 um, and probably likely will be in the 400 as well, but um, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, certainly. And then what are your thoughts you want to share about the Main State Classic we haven't got to talk about yet? 
I think we covered it. It was uh, really exciting. Um, awesome to see the third title again, carrying on the, uh, the performances from cross country and indoor this year. And also just so much history at that meet. Um, it was great seeing a lot of local kids running, um, just acknowledging all the uh, kind of the main track community and all the seniors and their commitment to the sport and the, the time they've put in the past four years. So it's a really fun experience and kind of great to be a part of. Awesome. Well, Robbie, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. The women's track and field team competed at the Pine Tree Relays, hosted by Bowden on Saturday. The Bobcats took third out of nine teams, and sophomore Maddie Lee won the 400-meter hurdles in a blazing fast, a minute, 4.99 seconds. Moving into fifth on the Bates' all-time performance list in the event. It was a massive PR for Lee, and she joins the Bobcast to look back on the meet. Well, we have live from New York, Maddie Lee with us here on the Bobcast, talking some women's track and field. And Maddie, first of all, a huge PR on the 400 hurdles for you this past week at the Pine Tree Relays. Uh, take us through the race and how it went from your perspective. Yeah, it was um, pretty shocking for me when you're in it um, and have all that adrenaline. It's hard to know um, coming through the finish line what time you ended up making. And, you know, I, don't, I didn't even have time to glance out of the corner of my eye at the clock. Um, there's literally no time for that. So um, I was, uh, you know, I have like my little rituals and routines the day of and I was really, really hoping for a PR. And I remember writing on my uh, note card a goal for the meet, for the meet um, which we do kind of the day before. Um, and I wrote that I just wanted to break 68 because um, in the 400 hurdles, I've been consistently having these little like micro PRs, but all within 68 to 69 seconds. So it's been frustrating because they are technically PRs, but I just knew that I could push myself more um, and I knew that I kind of like needed to break that 68 to feel like I'm entering the, a new level of like competitiveness for myself in this event. So um, I, I was just, I would have been so thrilled with a 67. So um, I, and I didn't really know what it would end up being until my teammate Becca, who runs the same race, but hadn't been competing that day, ran over and said like, you know, I could tell from her face that it was a pretty big deal. And so we hugged and I was really excited. I still didn't quite know what the time was. Um, but during the race, I felt um, more confident than I had in the past. And I tried to attack each hurdle with um, more confidence. And, you know, that helped me um, prevent too much stutter stepping. Um, but I had some really like good competition. And I also really enjoyed being in lane three rather than lane six, which I've been in for the past couple meets because I had those heads to kind of chase down. So it was a really, really fun day. And like the meet was so much fun. So to have that um, kind of fun team spirit atmosphere was amazing. And with that uh, PR, you surged into fifth all time at Bates in the event. What does that mean to you to be top five all time? Yeah, I was really surprised because I, I know we have those lists um, and I know like um, our coach has kind of announced when people have made that list. And to me, it's always like a crazy deal. Like it's, I, I feel so excited for my teammates who are getting put on that list, even if it is mentioned, like, you know, kind of just at the end of rattling off the amazing PRs um, will also like the people who made that list will get a shout out. And I'm always kind of, you know, fangirling over them and think it's super cool. And I also probably stalked that very list when I was, looking at Bates for track. Um, so now it's really, really cool that my name will, I guess, be up there. And I didn't actually know that until 
like a couple hours after my race. So it's kind of an exciting like cherry on top. I'm very honored. Awesome. Well, speaking of when you were looking at Bates, uh, what made Bates kind of the place for you coming out of high school? Yeah, I mean, I think that it was in a way sort of similar to the middle and high schools that I went to. Um, I really liked, um, I, I really love Maine and I'm from Providence, Rhode Island, which is like kind of a really small city and very similar to Portland. And I just loved um, Bates. I became kind of attached to it immediately after visiting. And I remember like my college counselor really was excited that I was so attached to it and encouraged me to apply ED. Um, and I'm an environmental studies um, major. So, and we have a pretty strong program for that at Bates. And I also loved that I could run um, track and have like the way that athletics fits into um, the Bates experience is pretty like perfect fit for me, I think. Well, I'm curious, when did you start running track growing up? Yeah, I, I definitely um, weirdly did some like little road races when I was really little. And then um, I think my parents just like threw me in. I actually like, we have a picture of me doing one when I was like literally four probably. Um, and then my middle school had um, track. So I did it from fifth through eighth grade. And I was really, really small and like petite and did um, cross country, but I hated cross country so much. That they had like the coach had to practically hold me on the starting line and I would cry before every single race in fifth grade. So that was the end of my cross country career. And then I did um, just outdoor track throughout middle school and I did 100 hurdles um, and maybe even like an 800 because I was still kind of like doing longer distances because I was just so like tiny and young. Um, and then in high school, my program was not, it, it was definitely like um, a really great experience, but the coaching staff was pretty inconsistent. It was a different coach every year. So I knew in college, it would be so exciting to have that consistency, but I did have like a really amazing coach who's special to me my junior year. And he really pushed me hard in the 300 hurdles because Rhode Island has 300 hurdles instead of 400. And my last race at States, I remember I fell over the second to last hurdle and I was super like close to beating, you know, to getting a really good place. And so then I was super hungry for senior year which of course um, COVID took over. So I've kind of had this hunger for this race for a really long time. So although it's a bit longer, it's 400 hurdles now, it's still super, super exciting for me. And just thinking back to middle school, I was also super close with my middle school coach who still will kind of check in over um, text and like see how my races now are going. So it's been a long time and not a lot of people um, had a middle school program, but my events have definitely shifted. Right, right. And then... um. Well, you mentioned COVID, obviously. Last year, as a first year, you got a taste of college track in the spring, a small taste. Yeah. would like to have an actual season this year? <laughs> it, is, it is wildly different. I think the freshmen definitely had difficulty kind of like adjusting to um, college and also to collegiate track. And it was really difficult um, because we knew like the upperclassmen had such energy and such passion and like, which obviously got a little bit... Um, you know, impacted, of course, impacted by COVID as well. I think if anything, the junior and senior class have faced like almost more than the freshmen and sophomores have in terms of um, COVID's impacts. But 
um, I think it was a little bit hard to get into the routine because at some points we were only practicing two to three times a week in small groups. So I wouldn't even see all my, um, like the, the women, um, team members at once. Um, the biggest difference this year and last year maybe has just been like that consistency in practice and actually seeing results, um, from lifting, you know, we lift three to three, I'd say three to four times a week. And I had a lot of trouble being consistent with lifting last year, just because you had to sign up on this weird app that crashed and like was in the middle of the indoor track. And it was scary as a first year and getting in a good groove with lifting, like has probably made me such a like more confident uh, sprinter. So I like really loved seeing that, um, work payoff. Um, and also just like, I felt so excited about track this spring because I was coming off of a, like a stress injury in the winter. So I actually only did one indoor meet. And so I've had like a really kind of like this excitement for the sport itself, not just even, not just the energy. Um, and, and I think that's been like a really big difference. Whereas last year, it just wasn't consistent enough for me to truly like go all in and like, you know, get that passion back. Right, right. And then what are your thoughts on the NISCAC championship coming up this weekend? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think I'm a little like, you know, it's, it's definitely like nerve wracking to be entering that new kind of like benchmark or to have this new time under my belt, because now, of course, I'm going to be like fighting to right. narrow that down even more. And I think that, you know, I'm really like excited that I'm a sophomore and we'll have more chances at this race and I'm not going abroad next year, but I think I'm a little bit nervous, like, um, how to kind of top that performance, if that makes sense. But then I can remind myself, like I have at least, you know, two or three meets after this one. So I'd love to like, um, you know, have a really strong race again. I think I'll be more proud of, you know, how the race goes like form and like that rhythm wise. Um, if I can kind of like feel that in my bones again, but of course, like another um, time in that range would be really exciting for me. And I'm excited to that a pretty large chunk of the team is going to be traveling and it's a longer travel as well. So that sounds like super fun to stay in a hotel and eat together. What's the team like as a group sort of, obviously it's a big roster. Yeah, it's a super big roster. And I think um, the, the women who run cross country kind of get that bonding right off the bat. And so I definitely like missed that, but I think that um, our dinners and our meets together have like helped kind of bridge that gap. And I have like some pretty special, like budding individual friendships with people on the distant side of things. So like, I just lean into that, you know, we don't have to do all do everything as a like 50 person pack together. But like, if I can try to build or like extend um, a friendship with someone in a different grade <laughs> or someone in a different event like that's exciting for me and um I think that we are very like gritty and tough and um you know tracks really hard people endure a lot of like injuries and it's hard to for people mentally to like who are doing three seasons of a sport so I'd say like we're definitely pretty tough and like there's you know super super strong mentally and physically strong women Terrific. And then what are your thoughts you wanted to share on the season so far we haven't got to talk about yet? Yeah, um, I think that it's been like mostly just so exciting for me coming off of injury um, because, yeah, like I, I really only competed once indoor and 
Um, I have like kind of a history of like these injuries that have been really difficult for me. And, you know, my, one of my, like, I also lost a season of high school to COVID and a season of high school track to injury. So for me, it's all about like, you know, like taking this chance I have and like, I really have been trying to pour into track and like, I, it's not, you know, I, I like involve myself with like a lot of things on campus and like academics can be hard. So when I have like these three hours in the afternoon, even if it's that kind of a weird sleepy nap time, like I try to just like, you know, it's, it's great to put my screen away and just have fun with my teammates and try to work hard. But overall, like, I think that the women just like love, love, love cheering for one another. And that's been the most fun for me um, to hear them. And then also I have just as much fun, way more fun, probably cheering for my teammates than running my race. Cause that's scary. Not, necessarily like fun during it but um I love the bus rides and then our dinners after and yeah we have some fun traditions as well like making um uh tie-dye for the pine tree realize which I couldn't go to but I know that's a tradition that we do every year as well Maddie thank you so much for joining us on the bobcast I really appreciate it and congrats again on the big PR there the pine tree realize thank you so much happy and happy spring on Sunday the president's cup Bates Signature Spring Regatta was held for the first time since 2019. The Bobcats did not miss a beat, winning it for the ninth straight time over rivals Bowden and Colby. Junior Molly Connors moved to the stroke seat of the first varsity eight and helped the Bobcats win the 1v race by nearly 20 seconds over runner-up Colby. And Molly Connors joins the Bobcast as our female Bobcat of the week. Well, Molly, uh, your first ever home regatta. I can't believe it because you're a junior, but that's the way it's gone the last few years. Take us through the experience. What was it like there? Yeah, I know. It was super exciting to have our first race on the Androscoggin as a junior. But yeah, it was. we had really good conditions. It was a warm day out, and it was fun just to be on our home course. It was weird because it's we're so used to just practicing and doing drills on the scog every day. So it's weird having our competitors there. But I think it was a really nice day. We had a lot of support from our fans and from all the parents. So we were really lucky to be back on the SCOG and just be able to show what Bates Rowing is. From what I remember when the one uh, President's Cup I went to a few years back, there's lots of, you know, grilling and fan support. What was that dynamic kind of like to have all the fans there? Yeah, it was really nice. Um, all the fans kind of come down to the water with every race that goes by and there's a lot of signs, a lot of screaming in that last 500 of the race. So I know everyone rowing really appreciated all the support and we had tons of food made by all the parents, um, tons of snacks all throughout the day and it's just nice for everyone to be able to see their families again and have that presence there you got moved to the stroke seat for this race take us through that experience because i know it's a little different you know you're setting the tone kind of right yeah that was a surprising change <laughs> it's been a while since i've stroked but i think kind of all the seats in the boat um feel pretty equal i think people put a lot of emphasis on the stroke seat but i think when you're there it's really kind of just matching up the rhythm and bringing the rhythm together from the rest of the boat so it was fun. I, you know, I get to look at the coxswain the whole time during the race, kind of see the water out in front of me. But it was a really fun experience. Um, right now I'm bumped back to two seats. So I've kind of been moving all around the boat from stern to bow. But, yeah, I felt lucky to be able to race for the two races this weekend in stroke. And it was a fun time. When you're moving around the boat so much like you've been doing, how does that change things, if at all? Like when you're in the two seat, how does that change it for you versus when you're in the stroke seat? 
I think when you're in the stroke seat, you can kind of just feel the push from all the rowers behind you. And it's kind of this cool feeling when your blades entering into the water, you can feel everyone else there backing you up. But that means that sometimes you can also feel the rush from the boat a little bit too. And you kind of can't see the blade work of the rowers in front of you when you're out on the water. So it's a big change to kind of move back to two seat because you can see all those blades out in front of you. You're not feeling kind of that rush from behind. So it's kind of the power dynamic at the catch changes. This first varsity eight boat, it's a lot of new faces, at least in the one V. A lot of seniors graduate from last year's team, of course. So what's uh, kind of this boat been like with all the newcomers to the top level, if you will, right? Yeah, I think we've had a really exciting season because we sadly lost so many seniors last year. And I think a lot of people had been saying, oh, it's going to be a big rebuilding year, big rebuilding year. And that kind of people weren't expecting us to perform as well this season. So I think it's exciting to see kind of that depth that we have across the team really shine through and see all that hard work that people put in over the winter kind of pay off and see kind of the boat come together again. And that depth across the team supporting the whole program is really exciting. So take us through last year, you know, being the 2V last year as a sophomore, your first spring season after the previous spring had been canceled, going to NCAAs. What was that experience like? Uh, I felt really lucky last year to be able to row in the 2V. I know I was down kind of in the 4V and the 3V before I was moved up later on. I was a spare for a little while, too. So I think last year it was hard because there was kind of this divide between people who were able to race and people who weren't, and that led the team to be a little bit more divided and put a lot of pressure on kind of those top two boats to support the rest of the team. So it's exciting this year to see a lot more boats racing and see, for example, this weekend, a lot of um, freshmen being able to race in two races. That's super exciting. Um, So I think it's been nice to have this year. It's been refreshing to see things kind of return to normal and see the entire program. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. You bring up a good point. Yeah, last year, because of COVID restrictions or whatnot, you were really only bringing two boats to each regatta, right? Exactly. Yeah, it was a crazy year. I think it. nobody knew what was happening. It was kind of a flexibility trousers (laughs) the whole season um, type of thing. So it's nice to kind of, I don't know, it's weird as a junior to have this be my first normal season, but it kind of all make sense what all the upperclassmen have been talking about all along kind of that magic of having so many boats all being so fast and working so hard terrific and you've had some battles this year already i know with wellesley and whatnot what's that been like kind of yeah so wellesley has been kind of our biggest competition so far but we're seeing a lot of really fast boats um, across the board so it's been fun i think it kind of has been fun to be the underdog starting off the season And it's fun to see all that competition in and outside of the NESCAC. And it gives us kind of something to work towards throughout the season and gives us kind of this fire to keep pushing hard practice after practice and not knowing who we're going to show up and race every weekend. Um, Yeah, I think it's been an exciting season. Take us back to when you were in high school or before that even. When did you start rowing? So I started rowing my freshman year of high school, um, and it was a fours program, so it was Mm -hmm. a very different kind of team dynamic. So it's been really interesting to see that kind of that shift from high school rowing, where it's a lot more about the individual, to that college, um, like, team focus and trust that you put in your teammates 
and kind of respect for the process and respect for the coaches and that more intense work ethic. I think it's been really interesting to see the differences in the programs. And when you were looking at colleges, what made Bates the place for you? I think everyone at Bates was just really happy and really wanted to be there. And the team kind of became this family where everyone kind of wanted to work hard for each other rather than wanting to work hard for their own success. And I think that really stood out for me. So Bates was definitely the one. Terrific. And any thought? what are your thoughts on like championship we got us coming up? We got New England's, we got NIRC's after that. And of course, you know, most likely NCAA's, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we're just trying to keep COVID cases down right now so that we can get to New England's this weekend. So we're kind of just trying to be really careful as a team right now. But I think we have a lot of exciting racing coming up. We've been working really hard on our technique in the boats just to make sure that we can sharpen up to be as fast as we personally can for these races and kind of building the boats as hard as we can internally. And we'll see how we stand up to the competition. Looking forward to it, Molly. Thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Congrats again on yet another President's Cup for Bates. Thank you so much for having me. On the men's side, Junior Cox and Aiden Braithwaite guided the Bobcat first varsity eight to victory over runner-up Bowden by eight seconds. It was his first time leading the 1v, and Braithwaite joined the Bobcast to look back on the first home regatta of his collegiate career. We launched, and at first, you know, it's it's hard to avoid, you know, some of the nerves that come with um, getting up into that top boat, having that opportunity to Cox them. But, you know, as we got through our warm-up and um, started the race, you know, just got into the moment and felt really good to be with that crew, and we had a good race. Yeah, so. Take us through the race. I mean, it was another – it was a victory, obviously, for the Bobcats, a, a crucial three points there, right? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, yeah, we had a really good start, and Bowden stuck with us uh, till about the 1,000-meter mark halfway, and then uh, we were really able to – uh, turn up the heat and get away from them. So, And the President's Cup is the lone home regatta um, of the year for the Bobcats and your first home regatta, even though you're a junior. So what was that experience yep. like to finally, you train a lot on the Skog, but actually race on the Skog? Yes, it's definitely nice to have a race at home. Uh, we're racing a lot in Massachusetts, so definitely nice to not have to sit on a bus for two and a half hours. Really fun to have, you know, uh, fans come out to support us, so. Yeah, the atmosphere is always great. There's grilling going on everything, right? Oh, yeah. Huge grilling effort uh, by the parents, and thank you very much to them. Certainly. And then, um, obviously, you know, last year you had a, a season, but it was a different type of season, right? So how is this year kind of compared? Uh, this year is night and day to last <laughs> year. Um, yeah, last year really, you know, COVID was a much more serious threat with no vaccines and all that, and mm -hmm. we had to take that much more seriously back then. Uh, we raced... Uh, no overnight races, just at home. This year, we're able to get out there, uh, spend weekends and uh, race. We went out to San Diego uh, earlier this season, so it's just been awesome to really get out on the water and row. Yeah, I was gonna say the, the San Diego trip. You faced some, you know, big schools, right? D one competition. What was that experience like? Uh, definitely a pretty eye opening experience for me, having never had a true uh, spring season at. Uh, college I it's it's really cool to see you know this year there weren't quite as many big schools as there uh, usually are just because of COVID but um yeah still a really great experience to see that so take us back to when you were in high school when did you first uh become a coxswain or was that at Bates perhaps I know we get a lot of novices here 
Yeah, we do get a lot of novices here. Um, I uh, started coxing my sophomore year of high school. At first, I was coxing and rowing, so I do have a little experience with both. But um, yeah, so coxing and rowing, and so um, when when you decide, I, I wanted to dedicate my 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 attention to fully being a coxswain, kind of. Um, it was my junior fall, and I I enjoy rowing, but I I really. Uh, found a passion in coxing, and um, as the season went on, I started coxing more and more and more, and got into the top boat there. And then from there on, it was all coxing. Terrific. And then, um, how do you decide to come to Bates? Um, I applied here regular decision. I, I obviously wanted to uh, row somewhere, and I knew that Bates had a really great rowing program, both men and women's. So I was really excited to take a look at that. And you know, Bates is Bates. The academics are great, so. Excellent. And then, um, you know, coming in your first year, they're basically, you had a fall season, right? Yes. <laughs> and then basically nothing in the spring. And so how did you as a coxswain kind of stay sharp, build chemistry with your crew when you couldn't be on the water? Yeah, um, that's definitely a huge challenge that has uh, presented me and the other coxswains. Um, for me, it was just a lot of uh, going through what they're going through. I, I do a lot of the workouts and I, I like to um, be with them in the winter when, you know, uh, I can't be out on the water coxing them and really building kind of a, a relationship and a bond through that as well as just staying sharp, doing research. It's a, it's a big mental game. So just staying on top of that is huge. Well, I was gonna, so you do the same workouts they do on the ergs and stuff? Yes. Nice. How's that experience? <laughs> <laughs> It uh, brings me back to when I was a rower, yeah. but yeah, it's it's tough, but it's rewarding. Certainly. And then, um, you know, this year's an exciting year for the men's team in particular because of the D3 race at IRAs, right? So yeah. how, how, how have you noticed the focus of some of these guys? Because I know the 1V in particular, very experienced crew. Very experienced, yep. And I think there's a lot of focus up and down. Uh, we're a super deep uh, team this year, and it's been really exciting to see, even as we've overcome adversity and Right now we're we're down a, a fair amount of guys, but it, just the resilience of the people um, in every single boat to still get their heads down and get to work is has really been great to see. And did you travel to IRAs last year? Remind I me. I did not. You no. did not. Okay, so most likely going to be going this year, perhaps. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. If we qualify, I'm, yeah. I hope so. So how excited are you for that experience? Possibly. That opportunity would be amazing. I've always wanted to go to IRAs. So. What have you heard about it, kind of? I don't know. Last year, it was kind of weird with COVID, right. and a lot of crews didn't go, but it's still great to see, like, crews that we would never, ever think of racing um, or crews that um, are on the other side of the country and just all these, you know, the best of the best. And then, um, you know, for people who don't know, I guess, as a coxswain, what's, what's the biggest key to, like, being a successful coxswain in your mind? Like, what's the first thing people have to learn? What, what's the first thing you had to learn? Hmm. Aside from steering and all that, I think a lot of it is just confidence mm -hmm. and, you know, knowing what to say at the right time is uh, huge. Just to, And that just comes with experience and with um, time, yeah, but confidence in steering. And what's the group of coxswains kind of like as a, as a dynamic, um, as a unit sort of? Yeah, um, since we're driving boats right next to each other out on the water, there's a lot of communication that's involved, so we we've become pretty close as a group. We and uh, we communicate a lot, almost as if we were 
I don't know. It's like a it's like a job almost. Mm. And then the training. Uh, I was talking with uh, Molly Connors on the women's team. Morning and evening practices, right? This week. Yep. So what's that like to get out there twice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely uh, a long day, but you know, it's I I love being busy and just having a a stru- like a super tight schedule. It's just how I work, so it's been nice. Great. What are your thoughts on uh, New England's coming up this weekend? There. Yeah, it's it's looking exciting. Um, we're we're going to be down some guys, but. I think we'll be able to have a really good uh, performance anyways and bounce back from what we're dealing with. Yeah, so you got guys moving in and out of boats kind of just because of illness and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. COVID's uh, been a pretty big concern recently. So, mm. And then, um, so what's that like to have new people come into the boat kind of, and how do you get them up to speed quickly, or are they already ready, it seems like? Yeah, I mean, we're, we've got a really uh, talented and technically proficient uh, group of rowers this year. Um, but you know, every boat is a little bit different in the way it, that it rows and like how eight, all eight people are, are meshing together as a unit. So it does take a little bit of time. Um, but you know, with time and technique corrections and stuff like that, we can get much, get up to speed pretty quickly. And then how do you work with coach Steenstra kind of, cause coxswains are almost another coach in a way, right? Yep. Yeah. We're almost extensions of coach. Um, I, I meet with him a lot just to kind of make sure that we're still on the same page. And then um, out on the water, it's pretty constant communication with him and the other coxswains and just making sure we're optimizing the practice the best way we can for the rowers. The women's tennis team picked up a 7-2 win over Endicott on Sunday, and senior captain Sydney Burns and sophomore Salma Asakafi won a pivotal match at number two doubles by a score of 8-7, winning the tiebreaker 7-1. It was the first time playing together, and they made the most of it. Well, we got number two doubles team here, Sydney Burns and Sama Asakafi with us here on the Bobcast talking some women's tennis. And first of all, this is a fairly new doubles team. So, um, Sydney, you're a senior captain. How have you seen this chemistry develop with your uh, sophomore teammate here? Well, um, this current week, we've had a lot of sicknesses going on in our in our team. And uh, my coach pulled me aside and said, I'd really love to give you the opportunity to play with Sama. She's a really great doubles player. Um, and I was really excited because I've, I've watched Salma this whole season and just the way she plays doubles is very aggressive and just her energy is so positive. It's, it's really, it's very great to be around. And Salma, what's it been like from your perspective, this new doubles combination? Um, it's been really fun. Um, Sid and I often like warm up and practice together and we play like practice doubles together, but this was our first match and it was so fun. Um, even when we had like a little like mistakes or whatever, we both turned around. And we're like, we know we can do this. Like, let's go. Um, and it was just really fun and a great experience. And I know Merrill's a home court advantage for you, but you got to be in the outdoors uh, on <laughs> Sunday there at Wall. Like, what was that like, Sydney? Oh, it was so fun. Um, it was such a nice day. Yeah. We all got a little sunburnt, but <laughs> still so grateful to be outside. Um, but yeah, it was still so fun. And then take us through the match itself because it was a close one, right? Yeah, it was super close. Yeah, we. Um, we started off a little slow um, since this was our first match together. It took a little, it took a second just to get used to each other. Um, but once we started figuring that out, it was pretty easy. It was, they had some tough shots and some tough, they were tough opponents, but it was fun. It was good. Um, we figured it out towards the end and pulled through in that tiebreaker, which was good. Yeah. I was going to say the tiebreaker was 7 1, so you pretty much dominated <laughs> yeah. the tiebreaker, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we did. Yeah. Um, it's really hard doing doubles. Because um, when you are serving, you kind of have the advantage of starting off the point, and it's such a such an advantage. So it was what it was like. Each person that was serving would win their game. So it was like it was very 
it was it would alternate like that a lot. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough to break someone's serve. I know. It's I mean, really like. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. take us through both your backgrounds. Sydney, you're a senior captain. You mentioned though you really haven't played that much since your first year. I mean, there's been COVID and whatnot. So what's this opportunity like for you now as a senior? Oh, it's it's so awesome. Um, I love playing my freshman year. Um, I think I've gotten a lot of experience being around the teams for so long. Um, just having the chance to be out there and look around and see my other teammates. And being a captain, too, it's just like transmitting my knowledge of tennis and um, being a captain. Um, it's just so awesome. I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity. And in terms of like, your background growing up, when did you start playing tennis, or what made you decide you wanted to come to Bates? Um, so I grew up in France, in the south of France. Uh, I started playing tennis as soon as I got to France, so about six or seven years old. So I've been playing for a while. Um, and then I went to California for two years in high school um, f- to the tennis academy. And from there, I reached out to Coach Paul, and he was so great. Um, I talked to a lot of coaches, but the way he was so outgoing and very friendly and my visit where I met Anna, um, she also was a huge part of why I wanted to come to Bates. Yeah, we got one captain who grew up in France, another who grew up in Canada. Yeah. Um, you know, grew up in France, Sydney, clay courts? Or yeah. is that just a French <laughs> open? I, I don't know. Tell me about the clay courts. Uh, we had clay courts outside, um, but I mostly played indoors. Okay. Um, in the summertime, we played on, on clay. And yeah, it's very different coming here. <laughs> there was no clay. Yeah. And some about your background, what made the place for you coming out of high school? Um, actually, when I first was kind of thinking about colleges, I did not want to play tennis. I was <laughs> like, I, I don't want to do it. Um, but I had a really good like senior year season in high school. And last minute, I was like, I want to play tennis. Um, so I was looking at schools like with a good balance between like academics and also like a good tennis team. Um, and Bates was at the top of my list. So I applied. I was talking to um, to coach and I ended up getting into the school and then he was kind of like, you can be on the team. So I'm technically a walk-on, okay, um, right. but it was still so fun. Um, last year was kind of like a weird, not really season. We had like four matches, um, but this year's so much better. Um, the, the team dynamic just feels closer as we all like we're traveling together. Um, we're kind of forced to spend time with each other, but it's fun. <laughs> we make the best of it. It's a great time. So, yeah. And then, Sydney, what is it like being captains with Anna? Oh, it's, I absolutely love it. Um, She's my favorite person, probably on this campus. Um, (laughs) Just from the moment we met on our recruit visit, we Mm. knew we had such a special connection. um, And we knew that we'd be co-captains together. And I think we balance each other really well of, um, like, being supportive towards our teammates, but also being the voice behind coach, essentially. And Sama, what have you learned from uh, Sydney and Anna? <laughs> um, they are just awesome people all around. Um, whether that's like with tennis stuff or school stuff, they're there to support you no matter what. Um, and they both are like very determined. They both have a lot of like good things to, that they bring to tennis, but they also like their academics are insane. Like they're both writing thesis right now, but like still are smiling, showing up to practice. Like I just, I don't know how they do that. Um, and I just love being around them. They're always like, you want to be around them because they're so fun and they like, they make everything so much more fun. So 
it's great. I wouldn't want anyone else as my captains. So, <laughs> yeah, Sydney, how do you maintain that balance? You know, writing thesis and competing uh, in tennis at the same time, right? Uh, yeah, it's a lot this <laughs> semester. Um, both Anna and I are psych and French double majors. Okay. So we've been writing since the fall, essentially. Um, it's been a lot, uh, but it's finding that right balance of finding time off court to really get into your zone and write for a couple of hours. Um, but tennis has been really good for just working out and relieving some stress and, yeah. Well, you, you mentioned growing up in the south of France earlier, so you must speak it pretty well coming <laughs> in. Yeah, I, I do, imagine. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for my French major, I was, from freshman year, I wanted to major in French to connect it to psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been doing a lot of cross connections between majors, which has been really cool. How, how do those two fields connect? Um, so I'm looking at uh, trauma behind World War II. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yeah, Jewish kids that were hidden during World War II. Mm. So I'm doing a lot of research on that and just connecting their testimonies to psychology, um, essentially, and writing about that. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. What's been the most interesting thing you've discovered, kind of? Um, I've read a lot of testimonies, Um I mean, it's us- it's the usual things. Um, I haven't really found much that hasn't really been found already. So I'm just rereading and watching movies and um, just seeing how it's not really talked about at all and how their trauma was suppressed and uh, their only output of talking about the trauma that they ex- they've experienced is through writing and and literature. And, yeah. Interesting. And Salma, what are you studying here at Bates? I am technically a biochem major. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pre-med, so it just kind of made sense. Right. Um, and then I have an education and public health. Well, education minor and a public health GEC, I guess. And so. that balance between athletics and academics, how do you kind of handle things? Um, yeah, it's a lot sometimes, um, especially this year. I'm taking, like, organic chemistry, which mm. has been known to be, like, killer. Um, <laughs> so balancing that has been a lot, but it's kind of – when I'm doing school, like I'm doing school when I'm on tennis, I'm like, okay, like forget about like a test grade or whatever I have to do. And I just try to focus on tennis and it sharpens my mind. So like afterwards I'm like, okay, like I really just like crank things out and it, and it works. Um, I've been fortunate enough to like play like a pretty intense high school, um, on a pretty intense high school team as well. And so, um, I kind of figured out that balance a while ago. Um, and it just kind of like, it's way more, amplified it's way more intense in college but I had that like baseline which was which was really helpful and you and you mentioned earlier you thought you were done with tennis basically yes so why did you change your mind again um (laughs) so I'm from like near Chicago okay so we had like a state tournament Mm. um and me and my doubles partner we qualified um and I had qualified in the past but like this we qualified and we were seated like three four and we, like, played, and we were playing some, like, crazy teams who, like, had beaten us in the, like, actual season, but in this one tournament, like, we beat them, and we ended up placing fourth individually, and then as a team, we actually won state, mm. um, which was awesome, and I just loved the team dynamic, and I was like, no, if I don't do tennis in college, like, I don't know what I'm going to do, because um, it was an outlet for so many things, um, so I was like, yeah, I need to... I need to be on a on a team. Um, so that's when I kind of decided that. But that was like second semester senior year. It was it was late. It was not planned, but 
it worked out, which was good. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Well, your thoughts, both of you, one kind of wanted to share on the season so far. Obviously, a lot of road matches to start, and finally some home matches, right, Sydney? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, the home matches have been so so nice. It's nice to finally go back to your dorm after after yeah. playing instead of a four hour bus ride. <laughs> we had um, some long bus rides. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but it's been it's been really nice. And Salma, any other thoughts you want to share about the season so far? Um, I've loved this season, especially in comparison to, like, last season. Like I said before, just, like, not having one, and this is just being awesome. Um, plus, having, like, that home court advantage with, like, you know how, like, the sun goes through, like, those trees and, like, just, like, random stuff like that um, is awesome. And also just, like, finishing your match and knowing, like, when I am done, like, I can sleep in my bed tonight and I don't have to drive four hours until I get there. <laughs> like, it's it's great. Um, yeah, you get, like, a meal immediately. You get a shower. You're, you're done. So I've really liked being at home these last couple matches and the couple matches we have to go. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap how the track and field teams fared the NASCAC championships and look back on a very busy week of Bates athletics. Softball, baseball, and both lacrosse teams look to finish their years on a high note. Make sure you visit GoBatesBobcats.com and download the Bates Bobcats mobile app for all the latest news. And we'll talk to you again in a week on the Bates Bobcast.